talking about the nature of a seed. This is week three, the final week that we're talking about the nature of a seed. Now, I just mentioned one type of seed, and that's finances. There's everything you do in life is seed. We've been talking about that. It's, uh, you can sow seeds of happiness. You can sow seeds of encouragement, seeds of peace, uh, seeds of hope, seeds of friendship, seeds of time. You can invest time into people. And the wonderful thing about the kingdom is those seeds come back as a harvest, you know? Matter of fact, Jesus said in the Gospel of John, he said, this is how my Father is glorified, that you be fruitful. And likewise, my disciples, he's saying, as, not only that, not only are you going to be fruitful for God, but as my disciples, you will be fruitful. That's how God receives glory, is that his people are fruitful. How would God get any glory if the world looked at his people and said, well, y'all are the sorriest bunch of losers on the planet, man. You don't got nothing. You, you're miserable all the time. You're hurting all the time. You, you lack everything. What kind of God do you serve? That's not his intention. His intention is that you be fruitful in all of your endeavors. That, that in other words, fruitful is another word for prosperous, that you would prosper in everything you put your hands to for the kingdom, that it would expand and multiply. Now, here's the thing about fruitfulness. If, you know, tree, like what, what bears fruit? Trees, right? So if a tree is fruitful, here's the thing, and, and you've heard me say it before, trees don't bear fruit for themselves. They don't partake of the fruit. Trees are given fruit away for free, usually, right? And what is the fruit? It is a carrier for seed. So trees are constantly sowing seed in the form of fruit. So when you are fruitful in your life, you're like a tree. You start, you remember, he that trusts in the Lord is like a tree planted by the river. That in due season, his leaves will always, he'll bear fruit and his leaves will never, never wither. In other words, a tree's lifestyle is fruitfulness and seed sowing. A tree's lifestyle is sowing seed. And the Bible compares us to trees if we trust in the Lord. So our lifestyle is not only being fruitful, but sowing seed, Right? A farmer doesn't go out one year and sow his crops, and that's the only year he's ever sown, and he calls himself a farmer, right? Someone, someone's been asking me about, I, because I've been talking about the gardens that I used to have, <laughs> I've, I've been getting some texts and questions about gardening all of a sudden, and I'm like, well, I'm not a gardener. And they're, they're, oh, no, you are, because you had a garden. Well, I planted a garden for probably six or seven years. I had a garden. That's a, small, that's a small slip of my life, right? <laughs> it's probably been 10 years since I've had a garden, right? So I don't, you know, just because I planted a garden doesn't mean I'm a gardener, right? Just because you sow seed doesn't mean you're a farmer. It's someone who, a farmer perpetually sows seed, right? And, and that's what tree, now think about it. A tree sows, bears fruit, which is a carrier for the seed. Well, what happens? Well, an animal comes or a human comes plucks that fruit. An animal will eat that fruit, right? And then once it has processed it and digested it, a seed actually gets to be planted then with natural nutrients 
and compost and fertilizer, right? right. If you think about it, I'm, now I'm trying to be, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be diplomatic about this, guys. Come on, y'all know, know biology. I'm trying not to be gross. But in all honesty, it's the perfect way for that seed to have the soil it needs to grow. So the tree has, in giving, the tree has actually been able to multiply itself. Say, well, what if, what if an animal doesn't come pick the fruit? Well, the fruit just falls, the tree gives it away. It just falls off the tree. And then you either have ants or uh, uh, birds in particular. A bird will come, grab the fruit, eat the tree. You can always tell where a fence line used to be on property, can't you? Because there's usually a line of trees. Why? Because birds would go sit on the fence and nature would take place. Well, there you go. You got trees. Because those seeds are planted now, right? So in some way, we'll say, what, what if no birds or ants or bugs or anything eat the fruit? Well, the fruit itself starts decomposing. It becomes compost, which is great fertilizer for a seed. So no matter what, a tree knows I'm going to bear fruit, and in doing so, I get to multiply. What a wonderful concept the Lord teaches us with trees. And he compares us to trees. A tree is constantly sowing. It's its lifestyle. It sows seed. That should be our lifestyle, amen? So that's why we're talking about the nature of the seed. Now, this week, we're talking about seed, time, and harvest. We'll get there here in just a second. But let's quick review. Galatians 6 and 7 uh, says this. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. The Amplified says, for whatever man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. So you can't sow apples and expect to get bananas, right? right. Can't sow corn and expect to get cucumbers. Well, you can't sow division and expect to get unity in your home. You can't sow, uh, if you're working a job and all you do is fuss about the boss, fuss about the conditions, sow discord, complain about your coworkers, and six months later you can't sit there and complain that, you know, this place isn't getting any better for me. This place still stinks. Well, of course, because that's the kind of seed you're sowing. If you want your job to be blessed, well, then start sowing some blessings toward your boss. Start sowing some sweetness toward other employees. Start sowing kindness, you know. You're going to reap whatever it is that you sow. So that's the principle. So if, if that's it wasn't our idea, it's God's idea, right? Genesis 129, this is, this is right after God blessed Adam and Eve. And again, this is, this is just kind of a recap over the last couple of weeks. If you've been here, this is just review to wake your brain back up. And God said, see, this is right after he told Adam and Eve, be fruitful, go multiply, have dominion. You take authority, you replenish. You, everything you see here in the garden, I give you the authority to go and replenish the rest of the earth and make the rest of the earth look like the garden. That's how the kingdom of God works. And then he tells them, and God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Another translation says, for you it shall be for provision. The Hebrew translation reads that uh, I have given you every, every seeding seed, every seeding seed. In other words, some seed you don't eat. Some seed you need to reserve for the sake of seeding, for sowing, right? So, so he's saying for provision in your life, I've given you every type of seed you need to sow. And for you, it will be for food or for provision. 
So it's the same concept within the kingdom. The Garden of Eden was the perfect physical representation of the kingdom of God. And he said, so he says the same things to us. Whatever your need is in life, you have the ability to sow a seed to reap the harvest of that need. If you need to experience love in your life, you don't go around whining about it. You go sow seeds of love. If you need seeds of, of care in your life, sow seeds of caring for others. Uh, one thing that uh, over the last few months, I've had the honor of uh, picking up uh, Miss, Miss Helen Sat. Uh, well, I'm not sure what her, her last name's not Satterfield, but because she's the mother-in-law. Mike Satterfield, who's the wonderful preacher, right, evangelist here in the neighborhood. His wife, Rhonda Satterfield, her mother, Helen, has come to live with them. She's older. Many of you are taking care of your elderly parents. Well, she's she's an elderly parent, just sweetheart of a woman, incredible woman of God, been living for God for years. She's on dialysis. And so uh, there are times that, that Mike or Rhonda is not able to go pick her up. Sheila, I think you've had the pleasure of transporting her as well. My wife has as well. And there's days that I have that honor. Now, I love doing it because Miss Helen is a, man, she is a sweetheart and she is a riot, man. She and I will start talking and she'll, she'll ask me how I cook different things. And then she says, no, you don't do it that way. You do it this way. This is how you, right? She tries to tell me how to cook. I love it. And, and uh, matter of fact, last week, I don't fry that much, but, but uh, one of our daughters requested fried chicken. So she said, what are you cooking tonight, Pastor? I said, well, I got a fried chicken. One of our daughters requested fried chicken. She goes, ooh, you're going to have greens with that, right? I said, well, I am now. Now I'm hungry for it. <laughs> so I did. I, I had some turnip greens with it. If y'all haven't discovered the beauty of turnip greens, man, y'all need, need to discover the, be the beauty of turnip greens. That's some good stuff. That's right. I'm getting an amen from Isaac. Thank you. So anyways, but why, why, why take the time to go do that? Well, number one, it's, it's what we do, right, as the body. The body takes care of each other. But number two, I also sow it as a seed. Because the day may come, I need someone to transport me somewhere. Or the day may come, I may need someone to help care for one of my family members and show love to one of my family members. So absolutely, let me sow that seed. Let me get in on that blessing. Why? Because everything we do is seed, right? Uh, and, and it will, if so, so in other words, when that need arrives in my life, I can have confidence that God will meet that need because I'll have a harvest from seed that I planted, Right? That's how it works. Now, I've given you three sets, or two sets so far, two sets of threes. And let's see if you, if you remember some, right? So the first week, uh, we, we talked about the nature of a seed, and we got it from this verse when Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and he compared it to sowing seed. He said, again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of heaven is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on the earth. Yet when planted or sown, it grows and becomes. Now, he said with the mustard seed, it becomes this huge tree, a huge bush that's so, so big that even, even birds can come and nest in it, right? And it all came from just a small little mustard seed. But that's one of the natures of the seed, that when you sow it, you are guaranteed that it will grow and become something greater than it is. That's all a seed knows how to do is grow. If you plant it in fertile soil, it doesn't even always have to be in fertile soil. You've seen things grow out of rocks, right? Or sometimes right in the middle of a, 
right in the middle of the sidewalk. You're like, how is that grass growing right here in the <laughs> middle of the sidewalk? Man, it'll, you know, you can have flowers and everything else just bust through concrete. Uh, but, but so seeds are powerful. So any seed you sow in your life, you can guarantee that it will grow and become. It will grow and become. So if you're down to your last dollar, do not spend it. Sow it. Because if you spend it, it's gone. You've just eaten that seed. But if you're down to your last dollar, sow it. Sow it into the kingdom somewhere. Find a need and say, hey, I know this isn't much, but here you go. And sow it. Uh, there was someone that the Lord instructed. I heard someone this last week. Someone, the Lord instructed somebody to, to partner with another ministry. This individual didn't have any money on him. And so, but all he had was a pencil. <laughs> To his name. And so he got a partnership envelope, stuck the pencil in it, <laughs> and was about to put it in into the uh, offering plate to say, hey, I'll, I'll partner with you. I just don't have anything right now, but I'll give what I have. Well, all he had was $10. And as he was walking to the offering plate, a lady chased him down and said, hey, the Lord has told me, and I've been needing to do it for a day or so, the Lord told me I need to give you this. She gave him $10. And so he said, oh, I'll take it. Thank you. Then he was able to stick $10 in that partnership. Well, what did he do? He sewed all he had, which was a pencil. And the Lord provided immediately for him. Pretty powerful, right? Say, I don't know about all that. Well, you know, I don't care if you, I don't care if you doubt it or not. I believe it. So you can say, what I, man, I'll believe the word of God. Mark 4. So, so the first nature that we learned was a seed is sown, it grows and becomes. Here's the next nature we learned last week. And he said, he's still talking about the kingdom of God at another point. He says, the kingdom of God is as, a man, uh, as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. So he's saying you can see the stages of this, the growth of a seed in your life. You can see a blade, you can see the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. In other words, he doesn't delay. When he sees the harvest there, he doesn't go, ah, I don't know. Do I even deserve to go out there and get that grain? Yeah, you do. Go get it. <laughs> so, so he goes and he ripens. Now, the King James puts it this way, and this is how we, we learned it last week. First the blade, then the ear. After that, the full corn in the ear. Because not all of you have seen grain of wheat, <laughs> grains of wheat, but most of you have eaten corn on the cob at some point, right? So, so, so visually, we're going with the corn for you. So that's the next set of three. Not only does a seed, the nature of a seed say that, uh, that a seed, once it's sown, it grows and becomes something bigger, something greater, but, but the seed also, you can know where you're at because you can be encouraged because you can see a blade, then eventually the head, right, or you'll, you'll, you'll see the head of corn or the, the husk, and eventually you'll see the corn in that ear, in that head, right? So, so we have the, the, the blade, the ear, and the corn, okay? Anyone remember that from last week? So that was my challenge, was to, for you to go home and say, all right, Lord, I've sown some seed. Now, begin to show me when the blade comes up, when the ear comes up, and when the full corn comes up, Amen. So let's talk about, oh, there we are. I got it. I forgot I had that graphic for you. So any of you taking notes, you need a reminder, there it is. 
Now this week, Genesis 8, 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Well, the earth still remains. That means this concept of sowing seed and reaping a harvest, both in the natural and in the spiritual, is still taking place. It can become our lifestyle. So what we're going to do is just uh, phonetically, we're going to split up seed time and harvest, and that's what we're going to concentrate on. There you go. Big print. That's today's nature of a seed. It is seed, time, and harvest. It takes time to get your harvest. It's very rare in life that I've seen any harvest in my life. Just There, there have been a, a few times that, that I've sown a seed in faith and immediately God came through and, and, and I, was, I reaped a harvest supernaturally. But we talked about that a few weeks ago, that miracles compress time. Like when Jesus turned water into wine, he compressed literally several years worth of time, right? Uh, in just an instant. Because uh, he didn't have to grow a grapevine. He didn't have to crush the grapes, strain the juice. He didn't have to add yeast to the, to the juice for the yeast to uh, eat the sugars. He didn't have to wait for those yeasts to produce the alcohol. He didn't have to strain the yeast out of it and then store. Because the, you know, if you remember the master of ceremony said, ooh, you saved the best wine for last. Well, that's not three-month-old wine, right? In other words, the best wine would be wine that's... Uh, fermented for quite a bit and has aged for quite a bit. So that's, we're talking years. So Jesus compressed years worth of work down to a moment. That's a miracle. And there are times that God will miraculously come through for you. But in the natural and your daily faith walk, this tends to be the pattern. Seed, time, harvest. Seed, time, harvest. Say, this is why you've got to trust God, and you've got to remain patient, and you've got to not give up. Galatians 6, 9 says this, and let us not grow weary while doing good. Well, what is he talking about doing good? Well, we read Galatians 6, 7 at the top. Uh, Paul was talking about seeds, sowing seed, because he said, whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. That was just two, two passages above this. So now he's saying, let us not grow weary in doing good. In what? Sowing seed. For in due time, in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. The uh, NASB says it this way. Let's not become discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Some of you say, man, I've sown all kind of seed. I'm still waiting. Don't be discouraged because at just the right time, I don't know when the time is. Different, different seed takes different Amounts of time. Man, cucumbers and squash seem like just in no time I had cucumbers and squash back when I gardened. Tomatoes, I was like, I don't know if our tomatoes are going to come in this year. And then before you know it, bam, there it is. I'd have so many tomatoes, I'm giving them away. Corn was the same way. Man, I don't know. Maybe I didn't have the soil deep enough for the corn. I don't know. I don't know. And then before you know it, bam, I had corn. Lettuce, man, I could grow lettuce like crazy. You know, certain things, it doesn't seem no time. Other things, you got to wait. Last week, I shared the story of, of me entering into full-time ministry. That was a 33-year journey. But I had to not become discouraged overall. Why? Because in due time, you'll reap if you do not become weary. So let me say that today. Make, your, make, a, make a quality decision today and tell yourself, I will not give up. <clears throat> Matter of fact, some of you need to say it. Say it with me. I will not give up. 
when you read 1 Corinthians 13, the, the chapter about love, love is patient, love is kind. When you do what Brother Tokes taught us to do and put ourselves into that, because if we're operating in the love of God and we are full of God, God is love. So we should be operating in love. So if you put yourself in that to give yourself the litmus test, I am patient, I am kind, I am not rude, <laughs> I am not, but, but if you read through the NLT, it says, you would say, I never lose heart, I never give up, I'm always determined. Think about it, I never give up. We need to speak that over ourselves every day. I'm not going to give up. I have made a quality decision. doesn't matter how long this takes. I believe the word of God. I will reap my harvest if I don't become discouraged. I am not going to become discouraged. Do you realize being discouraged is a choice? It really is. It's a choice. Say, oh, I'm just so discouraged. You don't understand what's been going on in my life. Well, I may not know what's been going on in your life, but I do know this. If you are discouraged, it's because you chose to be discouraged. It's really that simple. Hey, I'll preach to myself. There are days I have to remind myself that too. I feel discouraged. Man, I'm kind of feeling discouraged today. It's because I chose to. All right, well, then I'm going to choose not to be. I'm going to choose to encourage myself in the Lord, you know. You just got to, you got to get yourself out of it. Renew your mind. Psalm 27, 13 says this. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The Amplified puts it this way. What would have become of me had I not believed? Man, what would have become of me had I given up on some of the seed that I had sown? Don't lose heart. Trust the process. Trust his word. Amen? So here's my question to you today. Do you believe that God is dependable, reliable, and faithful? Let me see a show of hands. And no pressure. You don't, I don't want you to raise your hand just because everybody else is raising their hand. Do you believe that God is dependable, reliable, and faithful? Well, if he is dependable, reliable, and faithful, you got to trust him. Psalm 23 says this, may he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. Selah. So God's saying, hey, I remember your offerings. Say, Pastor Dave, look, I was faithful. I gave, man, I've been giving in the offering. I've been paying my tithe. And now all of a sudden I've got this challenge. I'm, I'm, I got some financial needs that have cropped up in my life. God hasn't forgotten those offerings. He hasn't forgotten your sacrifice. Say, Ben, you don't understand what I've sacrificed in my life to make the right decision. I had to give this up. I had to give that job up. I had to give this opportunity up. My family had to go. My family wound up splitting. You don't understand everything. God sees it. He hasn't forgotten about it. You may have forgotten about some of your seed. There's not a seed you sow that he forgets about. Not one seed. You may forget about it, but he doesn't. And so he's telling you, I haven't forgotten about any of it. The offerings, the sacrifices, I hadn't forgotten it. And then he tells you to sit down and have some coffee. Selah. See, that's what we have out there. We have Selah coffee. See, <laughs> Ryan's not even here this week. He's visiting his parents. He ain't even here for me, to hear me give him a free commercial. If you didn't know, that's the, the coffee we serve. Ryan Rodriguez. Uh, uh, is a coffee roaster, and he has his own company called Selah Coffee, and we buy it from him. And he named it that because the word Selah means to, to pause and ponder, to consider, take a break. And what better way to do that than over a nice hot cup of coffee, right? So that's what God's telling you. I've, 
I don't forget any offering or sacrifice you give. So just sit down, have some coffee, take a break, think about it. The Bible says that we are with Christ in heavenly places, but there's a position that we are in with Christ in heavenly places. We have been what? We have been blank with Christ in heavenly places. We have been seated. So when Christ invites you to sit with him in heavenly places, are you pacing? Okay, I'm up here, God, but I'm still waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. When, when, when are you going to answer the prayer? When are you going to answer the prayer? Because I sowed that seed. I gave that offer. And I, I, I made some sacrifices. In my no, he, what does he do? You are seated with Christ. Sit down. He's got a chair for you. And when you have a chair, y'all know what it's like, man. When you got a chair, you got someplace to put somebody, right? To give yourself a little rest. You ever sat down? You ever been working and standing so long that when you sit down finally, it's just like every cell in your body just sighs. <sighs> Apparently, y'all ain't been standing as much as I've been standing in life. <laughs> and that's what he's doing. I have not forgotten anything that you've done. Sit with me and have some Selah coffee. Think about it. Have a little peace for your legs <laughs> and your mind. Amen. Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. There's something about in the waiting that you get strengthened. Isaiah 40, 31 puts it this way. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. When you wait on him, say, how come he's not instant? See, that's the problem is we got a lot of microwave Christianity. You know, we put our prayer in, we make our petitions known to God, and we just, come on, minute 30, you know. What's bad is even when you pop things in the microwave, it takes too long. Man, it's going to take a minute 30 to pop this popcorn, and then you're just sitting there watching it. And y'all forget about grandma shaking that popcorn over the stovetop, Right? Y'all forget about them days. And that's the same way we are with God. Lord, I gave you your prayer. I've sown my seed. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And the Lord's like, just sit a, sit a spell with me. And let me teach you. Yoke yourself with me and learn of me, he's saying. And you get strengthened. So that's the other nature you've got to remember. It's seed, time, and harvest. Say, well, how, how is God going to bring it about? See, that's the other problem is we have an idea of what the harvest is supposed to look like, when it's supposed to happen, how it's supposed to happen, and then when it's not turning out the way we think it should be and the harvest doesn't look the way we want it, then we're getting mad at God and we're getting frustrated with God. And God, I, I don't even know if you heard my prayer. No, I heard your prayer because I don't forget about any seed or any offering or any sacrifice. I'm trying to give you some coffee. Just relax. And all of a sudden, you know, we get all uptight. But look at what Job says. It's not for us to worry about how he's going to bring about the harvest. We just can have faith that he's going to bring it about in our life. You know, I didn't know exactly what the cucumbers were going to look like. I didn't know exactly how many tomatoes I was going to get. I didn't know how tall the corn was going to get. I just knew that I was going to get a harvest because I planted some seeds and I watered and I waited. And eventually, usually I'd plant sometime in March. Well, usually around June, I'd start to get Get to 
eating some fresh salad and stuff, right? I love this. Job 5 and 9 from the message says this. He's famous for great and unexpected acts. There's no end to his surprises. He is famous for great and unexpected acts. There's no, he has got so much unexpected acts in store for you, and he is full of surprises, and there's no end to it. Eric and I saw him meet a need. We, we had a financial need come up. I was trying to, well, I was trying to figure out how that harvest was going to, how I could work that harvest. <laughs> and the Lord said, would you just stop and trust me? And then God wound up meeting the need. You know how God met the need. You want to talk about great and unexpected acts and no end to his surprises. The IRS contacted us and said, hey, you overget you. You gave too much. A few thousand dollars. We got to send it back to you. When President Joe Biden says, hey, I want to give you some money now. That is great and unexpected, right? <laughs> Anytime the government wants to give you some of your money back. Man, <laughs> hey man, usually, usually the government wants to, I don't care who's president. I'm not making a political statement. Y'all know, y'all been, y'all been around long enough. Usually they're looking over your shoulder. How about, ooh, I see you counting some money there. Right? It's a great and unexpected act when they say, we feel bad. You gave us too much. Here, take some of this back. Glory to God. Great and unexpected acts. So be, be of good cheer. Be patient. Seed, time, harvest. It takes some time. Don't grow weary. Make a decision. Make a decision. You're not going to give up. You're not going to get discouraged. It may get hard. There are going to be days it's not fun. There's going to be days it hurts and you don't, it doesn't make sense. And people walk on you or people bite you. And you're, what, what in the world? I thought, Lord, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I'm doing Just, 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 Selah. I haven't seen, I haven't lost any of your seed. I've kept track of it all. Relax. Consider. Selah. Sit with me in heavenly places. Amen? Amen. Yes, sir. I'll wait on that. Thank you. Amen. Let's all stand. This is my prayer for everyone going into 2024. I'm praying that 2024, you guys get to be the greatest sowers in life than you've ever, you've ever been. I'm praying that it becomes such a lifestyle of this congregation to be sowers. So what kind of seed? I don't know. That's between you and God. Whatever kind of seed he wants you to sow. But I know this. If he starts pushing you into a sowing lifestyle, that means you're going to reap harvest within your life. A harvest of goodness. Harvest of faith. Harvest of boldness. Man, I want to see you guys operate so much in the Holy Spirit and in the gifts of the Holy Spirit because the gifts of the Holy Spirit builds up the church and edifies the church. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be insane to walk in here and have people encounter just the biggest group of faith-filled individuals? Amen. Eric and I, the last three days, we were in, in, in the middle of a, of a group in St. Louis
that had so much faith in God. Every, t- every time they'd say, hey, uh, it's time to take up the offer, man, the place would erupt and cheer. Say, what? Why? Because they knew, hey, well, this is just seed. This, this is financial seed. And we're going to sow it. And we get to reap a harvest eventually. God's going to bless. So they saw it as a way of blessing their life and sowing. And it wasn't just that. When it came to healing, they had a service that, hey, if anybody wants to be healed, it had nothing to do with, let's have a faith healer. You get in line. Let me come down here and slap you in the head, blow on you, and there anything else. There was no theatrics. It was just a matter of, hey, let's take some time, see what the Word of God says about healing. And they read the Word of God, and then they said, anybody believe that? And people were like, yeah. And said, all right, well, then we'll receive your healing. And we witnessed probably about 20 physical healings just from people believing and trusting God. Well, what was that? That was the seed of the Word of God. That's the most powerful seed you can sow in your life, far more powerful than finances or anything else, the seed of the Word of God. Because God said his word never returns void. Amen? So that's my prayer for us, that we become the, the greatest group of sowers of any type of seed. that we if, the, if we see a need in the community, a need in the world, a need within our families, we sow that seed expecting a great harvest. And by the end of 2024, I expect to see all kind of testimonies as to how God has just blessed your socks off in so many different ways. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's begin to pray. Amen. Amen. Actually, before we pray, I got it because I did promise somebody. So, uh, Sister Sheila, I, that, we saw, <laughs> there was a lady in St. Louis. I walked up and said, I introduced myself. I said, where, where do I know you from? And she said, I don't know. And so we got to talking her name was Mary, and I said, you look so familiar. I've met you somewhere. I can't figure out where. And finally, my wife, Erica, said, it's because she looks like Sheila Lewis. And I looked at her. She looked just like you. I said, you, so one of the ladies in our congregation could be your sister. She goes, well, then tell my sister, Sheila, that her sister Mary said hi. So, so I don't know. Y'all may be linked somewhere spiritually. So when the day comes, it could be in glory. You may meet Mary, and she's going to ask you if Pastor Dave told you. And so now you can tell her yes. Amen. Thank you for reminding me, Lord. (laughs) Father, I love you so much and I trust you. I've yet to meet anyone or anything I can trust like you, Lord. And I trust your word that it doesn't return void. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to sow seeds of so many various, (laughs) various kind of blessing into your kingdom not just so that we can be blessed, but so others, so that the body can be blessed and strengthened and lifted up. Lord, I pray for everyone who's here today that you would do that, that you would encourage them in your word, that they can trust your word more than they can trust anything they can see, anything that they hear. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Be with us this week. Help us to reflect Jesus to someone who needs to know about him. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing one more time as a family. And if you'll give us a little bit of time, we'll, those of you who want to, we'll migrate over to the, the, the Noblets household. If you don't know how to get there, uh, flag down Aaron. She'll tell you how to do it. 
and we're going to get some folks baptized. If you've never been baptized before, you want to you be baptized in the name of the Lord, please talk to me. Or maybe you were baptized years ago and you walked away from the Lord. You said, look, I've, I've recently come back. I just, I, I, it's a new start for me. I, can, can I be rebaptized? Absolutely, man. I'd be honored to do that.